Live and Michigan's Best, and we're continuing our series of Crafted in Michigan, brought to you by Founders Brewing Company, where we highlight incredible businesses all across the state who are either making great things or doing great things. And today I'm very excited to welcome Nico Nicolades from Nicolades Knife uh, out of the east side of Detroit, if I'm correct. Right, Nico? You're out of Detroit. Southfield. Just, I'm just uh, off the border of Detroit. So I live in Ferndale. I work and operate out of Southfield, um, just off Nine Mile. Uh, so very, very I, close. I can't hear you. I grew up in Detroit. I cannot hear you say Ferndale without saying fashionable. <laughs> I know, right? It's so much different, but it's, it, I don't know, it's a different scene for sure. But it's, it's nice. Uh, with the pandemic and everything now, it's kind of kind of shut down that it's a lull of a city, but it's still it's still a nice neighborhood to be in for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, when I saw that um, your company, Nicolaitis Knives, was on the uh, Crafted in Michigan list, I instantly, my little chef heart started hammering and I'm like, what are these handmade knives? Right. And I looked at them and they're incredible. How did you get started in this? So I actually have a weird story background of how I got into knife making. I'm only 23, so I haven't been doing a whole lot in the world of terms of like business and jobs, but I'm trained in uh, like, yeah, trained as a machinist manufacturing world. So my background was originally in uh, CNC, CAD, CAM, operating multi-million dollar machines to make just batch work of parts and tools for other people. Um, and the knife making came about as just a hobby when I worked in kitchens. I spent all my uh, my last two years of high school and all of college working in kitchens, running food, prepping, uh, prepping food for the kitchen for uh, daily use. And it just kind of was something I found on YouTube of like knife making little videos here and there. And I don't know, it just kind of turned into something I wanted to try and figure out for myself. Only thing I've ever been good at is making stuff and figuring out how to do stuff. So when I saw knife making, I thought, okay, cool. That'd be something fun to try. So I started doing this. Um, just, just over four years ago, I, uh, finished my first knife, uh, like I think it was March of 2016. So I've been doing this for four years. I've been full-time business for about two and a half. Um, but it, it was just something I picked up on a whim, uh, and it was a hobby for a long period of time. And then it got to the point where people wanted knives and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to make you knives. And it just, I haven't stopped making knives for people since. And so I've been really lucky to be able to do that out of uh, dropping out of college and just trying to do something on my own. That's incredible. You're only 23 years old. Yeah. Doing this for two and a half years. That's, mm -hmm. to take a, a jump like that at the age of 20 is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it helps when you uh, are able to get out of college without any debt and live at your parents' place for pretty cheap rent for a couple of years. Um, Good. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a great support system of customers and my parents that were helpful early on of, you know, being supportive of me taking this jump and just kind of winging it. Cause I mean, I, you know, I had savings from working in kitchens, but like it wasn't enough to just quit everything. And somehow I made it work over the past couple of years. Oh uh, yeah, super, super scary venture. For, for, a, for an early 20s person to just stop working in a really well-paying field and just be like, oh, I'm going to make knives in my backyard forever now. What did your, uh, what'd your parents say about that? 
Oh, they weren't surprised. They, <laughs> they, they figured I would be doing something along these lines. I've always been interested in like medieval times, like that kind of, everyone has their thing as a kid, dinosaurs, astronauts, mine was knights and shining arbors. So they knew, they knew something was going to happen uh, with Nico and some kind of weapons. And they're not weapons now, they're high functioning pieces of culinary art, but, uh, but it's, it's pretty close to uh, swords and whatnot. Absolutely. Are you a regular at the Renaissance Fair down in Detroit? I, I had a I had a stint where I went for a couple years back to back, but I don't think I've gone the past two years. It's and I don't know if it's gonna happen this year. But I, I enjoy it so much. It's, yeah, you're right. It's a fun time for sure. Well, I love that you took your background in working in, in kitchens um, and your love of, of you know making things and kind of marrying the two and i think um a lot of people have obviously everybody has knives um but i think very few of us understand what goes into creating that and let's so let's talk about what creates a knife and then let's talk about we'll get to it a little bit later how to take care of our knives because there's a lot of different things that are involved with that so let's first start how do you make a knife so for me personally i like um the style of knife I make is called an integral knife. It's where all the components kind of flow together uh, seamlessly from blade to the end of the handle. There's one clean juncture of everything being interconnected. And for that, I do a lot of forging is the main part of my work is uh, creating and manipulating steel to get the shapes that I want. So I'll start, um, most of my knives that people see are a lot of the Damascus patterns and Damascus is the colloquial term we use for um, pattern steel. So knives that have different images or patterns or flowing lines throughout. Um, um, okay. and, on the blade. We're not talking about just the handle. We're talking. No, about we're talking. Yeah, talking about the blade specifically. So all the the dark and light lines you'll see or the different patterns. That's um, that's what we call Damascus or pattern welded steel. And that starts out as two different metals um, that will stack up or. Uh, orient in some way to start making steel that gets heated up uh, a little like over 2000 degrees um, and then applied pressure and those metals all just fuse together. So from there we have this now billet of steel that we can take and cut and stack again or manipulate however we want. For me that's the fun part is playing with steel and making these patterns but doing that um, I end up with big bars that I'll just cut little pieces out of and stretch the blade out. Uh, so that's that's how I get the blade. It's all forged out. It starts as, um, imagine the size of maybe like a credit card, uh, about three quarters of an inch thick, couple inches long, inch and a half wide, just a, a little nugget of steel that'll get stretched out to a eight, 10 inch chef knife. From there, there's a lot of grinding to get the geometry right because um, if you can make a good looking knife that's great but these are all at least for me these are all tools so I want them to be able to be used right as well as look good so dialing in geometry getting the sharpness and overall performance um, aspects dialed in so there's a lot of material removal as well as manipulation and then handling uh, I'll use a bunch of different stuff from woods to synthetics um, hybrids of like wood and epoxy for different looks uh, and those are all sculpted to be really ergonomic handles. Some people like straight Japanese style handles, some people like the more traditional western sculpted uh, handle 
But I mean, at the end of the day, I just want a tool that performs well, looks really good and feels good in the hand. Um, and all that has just been the culmination of these past four years of work, figuring out what feels right, cuts good, and then looks good and is intriguing for people to, uh, it, it just, people gravitate to stuff that catches their eye, right? So making those patterns is really fun for me to see what uh, people kind of gravitate towards. One of these, when I looked at your knives, of course, I was like, these are gorgeous. But my question was, yeah, are, are they strong? Are they good? Do they hold the edge? All that stuff. So what makes a strong knife? The one thing you mentioned was removing material from the steel as you're working it. So explain that process to me. So, well, making a strong knife starts with, like, the internal structure. Um, steel itself has a very dynamic range of um, states it can go through molecularly. So to make a strong knife, we have to go through a heat treat process, which is a very scientific-based um, metallurgy process of essentially just making a knife harder. Uh, steel, steel is iron with carbon. Carbon lets steel get hard, which is why we use steel for tools like cutting, um, axes, drills, all use a type of steel or a hard, hard steel or steel-like uh, compound, but that hard steel is what lets a knife perform well. So a real big part is our heat treat. That's what, you know, lets us be confident in our work. But uh, yeah, removing metal, because when I forge knives, they're, they're thick-ish. So removing metal is to make a knife balanced uh, get a nice thin edge at the very edge. It's nice and thin, so it cuts real nice, but then it starts to taper and um, kind of has a, a curvature convex to it. So it's like, it's rigid enough where it's not gonna bend and flex behind the edge, but the edge is thin enough where it will cut cleanly and is easy to resharpen. Um, it's a whole load of figuring out what kind of geometry and shape works and, uh, it's hard to explain without any real big visuals because just all the <laughs> shapes I'm doing with my hands looks like okay. I like uh, well, yeah. how are you figuring that out? Or do you use a computer program that measures the knives? Do you just eyeball it and say, yep, that looks pretty good or? So the, the latter really, it's just a matter of grinding and testing uh, in the kitchen. So I'll, I'll take a knife and I've done them before where they're just perfectly flat all the way to the edge and those cut nice, but a lot of stuff sticks to it. The edges are really thin, so if they're a little more fragile, um, they can bend and chip like that, being very thin. Uh, so then you you try another thing. It's just a bunch of trial and error. There's I don't use any kind of computer programs, which is ironic, being uh, having a background in computer and machine programming and operating. I don't like to use computers in my work. I, I like to feel everything. So it's just a lot of testing and performance uh, stuff. It's trying something out and tweaking and making notes for the next one. And after you do that enough, you find what kind of works right for you. And it really, when you explain it like that, it really shows um, that you are a true artisan, that you're, you're really doing it by, by feeling, by knowledge, and by experience. I mean, although you're only 23 to have 40 years <laughs> doing that, that, that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it, well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's four years of work only, but it's, I mean, it's anywhere from eight to 16 hour days if I've got stuff going on. It's, it really is a passion. Like, I, I tell people, I, I really enjoy making knives. I'm not totally focused on selling knives. It's good that they sell and I can make money from it. Obviously, it's 
how a business works, but my real, I really just enjoy making knives and the process of creating stuff and the fact that people want them uh, and that lets me stay in business is great. But I'd still think if I was doing something else, I'd still be making knives for fun uh, at this point in time. It, it's, I love it to this, yeah, it's, it's what I love. Well, I love that you found your passion and that you now get to make it your career. That's pretty fantastic. Are most of your customers um, professional chefs or do you sell to a lot of regular cooks, you know, home cooks as well? It's been a wide range over the years. I'll get a lot of uh, chefs from restaurants that are looking to put a new knife in their bag or collectors that want uh, this specific piece, maybe not for use, just to have in their collection. I've had multiple like return customers that are just home cooks that like my stuff and want another knife for uh, for the next process. It really just depends on the customer. It's, I've gotten anywhere from people that run and operate restaurants, people that are looking for gifts for family members. It's I think anyone that likes to cook will appreciate a good knife. And my customers have been that whole spectrum of people. Uh, That's awesome. Now. You mentioned that um, you know you'll do kind of some custom things. You can you could call and say this is the type of knife I like, and you'll make that. Which to me, that would be kind of the greatest gift you could give a chef is something that's really specific. <laughs> yeah, it's super nice. I had a I had a really exciting order. I do custom orders. Um, that's been my primary uh, line of business for the past four years. Is people looking for specific things. Um, and I just had a really fun one not too long ago. I forgot to take pictures of it. It was when everything, it's when all the COVID stuff was starting. I'm like, oh, I got to get this in the postcard. It's like, so I forgot to take pictures, but it was, um, it was a chef knife that he was adding to a set to kind of match uh, some knives he received from his grandmother. Um, so we took little semblances of like uh, antique looking blades. So made it look like it was old and worn like the other ones. Um, uh, kind of handle material of a wood that's you know local to the area and some other little details that kind of made it match and those are the those are fun orders because it's it's something super specific and personal and to be able to craft that and have a super sentimental value to that customer is a really cool part of my work a lot of my stuff is just um, you know people looking for something pretty and nice but getting those very special sentimental custom orders are, are really it's really enjoyable I bet that's nice. That that true personal touch, which is really yeah. Um, we'll talk about um, your relationship with with founders crafted in Michigan in a minute. But let's give our our listeners um, a couple tips that they can take home with them on how to best treat their knives, even if they're not lucky enough to have a Nicolatis knife. <laughs> yeah, of course. So the at least so there's two different kinds of knife steels that are generally used. Most home cooks uh, will probably have stainless knives outfitted in their kitchens. Um, and then for people that have carbon steel knives, the care is a little different, but I give the same, um, the same advice to both. And it's just to keep your knives dry. Uh, so wash, like run them under the sink, wipe them down after you're done using them, make sure they're stored dry. If you can avoid using um, like knife blocks, like the big, uh, the big blocks where you put in each knife, those are nice, but they can hold and contain bacteria in there. So it's kind of a, you know, a little gross to use those. Uh, I recommend the nice magnet holders that you can like put above your uh, sink or something. Um, 
So keeping knives dry, don't use a dishwasher. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's so easy not to. Um, and then just general maintenance. If your knife feels dull, reach out to someone that does sharpening, get it sharpened. If you want to figure out how to do sharpening at home, uh, it's really easy to do with a simple diamond stone or wet stones. There's plenty of YouTube videos on sharpening. That's how I learned everything is from YouTube. So you can, it can definitely be done. Um, and, and, you know, just general uh, maintenance, like just don't leave stuff on it, wipe them down. Knives are super easy and I think they get beat up because people try to like open cans with them or like do do these little things that like there's can openers, there's can openers for a reason, there's stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think it you would treat it like anything else you would treat nicely. Like you wouldn't, I don't know. It, there For me, it's different because I kind of beat my knives to hell because I can fix them if I need to. And through the process of, uh, you know, just kind of really abusing them. But keeping them dry, sharpening them regularly if they need to, uh, nothing's worse than a dull knife. And then uh, if you have carbon steel knives specifically, oiling them uh, maybe every other month or so a light mineral oil or something just helps protect the blade um, from any rust or excessive patina that may occur. Um, but it, knife care is relatively easy. It is, but it, it is, I think you made a great point that uh, there's nothing worse than a dull knife because a dull knife is actually less safe than a sharp knife. Absolutely. That's when you make that mistake. That's when you mm -hmm. miss the cut and it goes in your hand. And you get <laughs> And you get yourself, I cannot tell you how many times that's happened in kitchens other than my own. And then I look like the dummy. Oh, the knife guy cut himself with the knife. It's not my knife. It's your dull knife. That's why I got hurt. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Yeah. One more technical kind of question. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned getting your knives sharpened. And I'm assuming yeah. that you mean a, a professional sharpening them, unless you happen to, you know, be doing that on your own. But yeah. what do people do when they are using their steel? Because they're not sharpening, they're, they're more honing. What does that mean? Right. So using, using that, that steel rod that you have is really just to clear away any kind of a burr. Um, sometimes when you're using a knife, uh, the edge will deflect away. So it'll go from being kind of sh uh, straight and sharp like this to kind of being rolled over on one end. All that steel is doing is pushing stuff back to center when your knives become dull, they're not sharp anymore. They're kind of blunted. So that steel isn't going to do anything except rub around. You have to get material removed, take away material, make the edge a little thinner, and then you'll get back to sharp. Steels are good for like intermediate maintenance, but you're not really going to be sharpening a lot on your traditional honing steel. Uh, they're nice to have, but they're not, they're not the best tool uh, for sharpening. They're not a replacement for sharpening. That's exactly, yeah. But they are good to use in between, I think. If you yeah, absolutely. If you have a like a freshly sharpened knife and you've really been putting it to work, um, and you go to cut the next time and you feel it might be a little dull, just a couple runs on that will get everything nice and aligned, and then you'll be able to cut again. But you can't just be using a steel for six months. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be making your knife any sharper at that point. Good points. Okay, I love that. Now, Nicolaitis Knives was named uh, one of the partners in the Crafted in Michigan campaign by Founders Brewing Company. Um, what did that mean for you? And what, have, what kind of changes have you seen since that got 
um, announced, and especially during this time during the pandemic when things have been a little whacked out. Right. So for me, it was just a really cool thing to see founders highlighting other makers. And I was just glad to be a part of that. Um, I've been busy for for the past year. I've had orders and I got a few orders from founders. Um, for me, really, it was just like a nice way to expand my, um, what's a good word for it, expand my um, spread of people seeing my work. I, I like to really just share my work. I'm not I'm not trying to sell knives to everybody. That's, you know, that's not my goal, but uh, it's, to see more people enjoy and engage in the stuff I do has just been really meaningful to me, especially with everything going on, to see people light up a little bit, like get a couple nice smiley emoji comments. It's cool. Uh, but, it, you know, it was just like a nice sentiment. They've been doing some cool stuff, sharing with makers or sharing makers around on their platforms. Uh, and it, it was just like a nice, it was a nice uh, little push for my business. That's awesome. So what can we expect uh, coming up in the next maybe months, year, years from Nicolaitis Knives? Right. So I'm actually going to be closing my custom books in about two weeks for the first time in four years. I've been doing that for a long time and I have a long, I have a long wait list and I, uh, want to start doing new stuff. So I'm still going to be doing a bunch of new custom orders, uh, and then a bunch of retailer deals that I work with. Uh, and then I'm going to be trying some new stuff, just, just working on new things, bigger projects, just stuff I haven't done before, but I'm still going to be doing a lot of kitchen knives, a lot of different patterns. Um, I don't know, just having fun, like just, just trying to enjoy work, you know? I love that Nico. I love your energy. And I, love what you're doing following your passion at such a young age you. making it happen that's fantastic <laughs> i appreciate that so much thank you thank you oh my gosh so if people want to find out more information about your knives maybe they want to place an order or learn more about your company where should they go um just nicolaitis knives on either facebook or instagram is the best way to reach me i don't have a website set up yet um maybe in the future but either send me an email or reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to just talk about knives. If you have any questions about ordering, just let me know. Uh, I'm always here to answer questions. That's probably what I do most after knife making and answer questions. You're doing a great job on both. So. Thank you. Nico, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Amy.